Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. What an atmosphere to uh, conclude a service with after all this great singing and then some preaching here and this is Saturday night and the world is having a great time out there. We're having a great time in here. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I thoroughly have enjoyed the singing of the uh, upper room singers. Uh, my, my, my. I especially like that uh, through the wall. I was telling them before service, I, they, they made it this on a CD several years ago. My car uh, has a CD uh, availability in it, except when they made this model car, uh, you could put six CDs in it and they would play. But the th thing about it, it, that part of it had to be put in the trunk and uh, you could operate it inside the car. Well, that CD has been in the trunk so I can play it any time through the wall. My, my, my. Such singing. And, uh, of course, we've known them for many years and have enjoyed their singing and a few changes in the personnel, but uh, the sound is still great and the worship is still wonderful. And uh, I'm so delighted that uh, we could be here the same time that you folks are here. Praise God. Of course, uh, Brother Stan Gleason invited us for this, the last weekend of a series. Uh, I think you've had several ongoing uh, Sunday services with different uh, applications to them, and this happens to be Heritage, Heritage Week. Now, uh, I was one time asked to preach in a meeting uh, where they were going to use elders. And uh, I was one of those that they chose to, to speak in this uh, group of elders. And I thought, well, uh, I don't know that I'm an elder. Uh, but then I began to think when you've had the baptism of the Holy Ghost as many years as my wife and I have had it, and, and your own children look middle-aged, uh, I guess I am an elder. And, and I guess because of uh, the many years that we have been in, in the work of the Lord, I could be a part of a heritage weekend. Uh, I have a great heritage, wonderful heritage. Amen. And all of you that have come into Pentecost, though it may be just a few years or however many years, you have been brought into a heritage of a tremendous foundation of people that through 100 years since Topeka, Kansas, we've accumulated over the years and uh, great things have happened. Praise God. Hallelujah. Brother and Sister Stan Gleason are, of course, our favorites, uh, even though we w are relatives, or even if we w weren't relatives. Stan Gleason is one of the greatest ministers, preachers. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I can say that truthfully. He has stirred me many times, and uh, I know that he is a real tremendous blessing to this church. 
And it's so great to be back. Uh, I, I think we've been back one other time since that meeting at Excelsior, whatever it was. And uh, we have had invitations to come back before now, but it just didn't work. Uh, but it worked this time. So here we are. My good wife is, is uh, here, and uh, we're enjoying the fellowship of all of you wonderful people. We're seeing folks that we've known for some time, and it's, it's great to see you, Sister Pam. It's certainly great to see you. You talk about the Dyson name and the Becton name, the Gleason name. Hallelujah. We're blended together. Amen. Anita, it's good to see you from way out in Oregon, but by way of St. Louis now, I think. And, well, praise God. God bless all of the wonderful preachers and people that we have known for so many years. And, and I, I know I'm taking up time that I need to be <laughs> preaching, but just visiting just a little bit. And it is such just wonderful. Praise God. Let's praise the Lord together again. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. Now, I, I am the most time-conscious person that you've ever met, and uh, I realize that uh, you have services tomorrow, though this one here will be in the afternoon. You, Some of you will be in morning services, and, and uh, I understand that. But you know, there's something about going to church when you're even tired. There's a refreshing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, we, we, we just need to just let go and let God have his wonderful, wonderful way. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, in keeping with the thought of, of uh, heritage, my, my wife and I have had the baptism of the Holy Ghost for 61 years this month. This month. We got it in the same revival meeting. Mere children. Amen. Praise God. I have been in the ministry for 55 years and uh, enjoyed every year, every month, every week, every day of it. I don't get tired of going to church. In fact, it, it's always an excitement. Uh, amen. I, I was in North Carolina this past weekend through uh, Tuesday night, and I told them there, I said, uh, I just can't hardly wait for service time to come around. Amen. And uh, it's just that way. It's only when you are really, really in love with the, the things of God that you, you too feel the same way. Amen. Praise God. Psalms 24, or rather 94 and 17. Psalms 94 and 17. I'm going to talk to you just for a little while. goes like this. Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. Now, I'm going back over a period of many years because... Uh, it's been many a day since I went to school, uh, high school, graduated, uh, 
good many years ago. But in, in high school, I was uh, in music somewhat. I sung in the glee club, they called it then, and uh, was able to become a part of what they called the a cappella choir. That is a choir that sang without music. And uh, we sung in various and sundry events. But one of the songs, and, and you'll have to be my age to, to know what song I'm going to talk about. Uh, it was a religious classic. Uh, and uh, we sang it in the a cappella choir. And the title of it was The Lost Chord. Nobody has any recognition of it. The Lost Chord. Well, let me tell you about it. The organist that was a part of this song was seated one day at the organ. And he said, I was weary and ill at ease. And my fingers wandered idly over the noisy keys. I know not what I was playing or what I was dreaming then, but I struck one chord of music like the sound of a great amen. It flooded the crimson twilight like the close of an angel's psalm, and it lay on my fevered spirit with a touch of infinite calm. It quieted pain and sorrow like love overcoming strife. It seemed the harmonious echo from one discordant life. It linked all perplexed meanings into one perfect peace and then trembled away into silence as if it were loath to cease. I have sought, but I seek it vainly, that one lost chord divine which came from the soul of the organ and entered into mine. It may be that death's bright angel will speak in that chord again. It may be that only in heaven I shall hear that great amen. Well, I thought of that uh, and, and, and the experience of a musician striking a chord so meaningful was as if it came from the soul of the instrument bypassed all of his outward and physical hearing, somehow touched his soul. But then it was lost. And he wondered if he would ever, ever hear it again. Maybe not in this life, but in the life to come. Now, how can a chord be lost? You that know a little bit about music, how can you lose a chord? Or was it lost? Or could the musician just not hear it? Somewhere it was playing. But his ear was deaf to its music. And there is so much that affects hearing. Scientists in the field of acoustics have developed what is called the audible spectrum. And this spectrum is built around the impression produced by vibrations. Everything vibrates, even inanimate objects. Anything vibrating between 16 cycles per second and 20,000 cycles per second can be heard. And the reason why there are not more notes on the piano, there's 
88? It's because it's somewhere above the highest key. The vibrations are so fast that the ear cannot hear it. And somewhere below the lowest key, that bass key, the vibrations are so slow that we couldn't hear it if somehow it was played. And this sounds like I'm giving you a scientific lesson. I'm not. I'm trying to find where the lost chord could be. Amen. Where it went. For you see, there are spiritual conditions which when we obtain them, refuse to be deaf simply because the ear reports nothing. My soul picks up vibrations above and below the normal spectrum of sound. And because of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we possess an ability to hear which is independent of the natural or the mechanical ability. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard. Praise God. I, I, I can remember hearing a chord that brought peace and tranquility. I can remember hearing a chord that brought pain, uh, quieted pain and sorrow that replaced discord with beautiful music. And you've heard it too. But do you still hear it? Is it a lost chord? Lost because your ear cannot pick it up? Somewhere it's still sounding. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Now, when I was 10 years of age, back in the Depression days, I started taking piano lessons. 10 years of age. Didn't even have a piano to practice on. My neighbor said I could use her piano. I'm sure she regretted that because I didn't mind practice. And I went every day to practice on her piano. Amen. Well, I progressed along the way, and uh, my first, one of my first recital pieces was Polonaise in A by Chopin. And the last piano recital piece that I remember playing, and that's a good many years ago, was Prelude in C-sharp minor by Rock Molinoff. Well, uh, after, after playing then, I picked up what we call uh, evangelistic-style piano playing. And that's when you play like you want to play. You don't have to look at the four notes or the however many notes that are there. You just play. Amen. And so for many, many, many years, I played evangelistic style piano playing. Octave chord, rolling tenth chord. Sister Pam. And, and, and just, you know, just, just played like I wanted to play. So... After all of the years of playing evangelistic style piano playing, and, and that's the only way that we need to play in, in Pentecostal services, really. Amen. But you see, I have lost the ability to sight read and play the classics that I studied. Amen. Now, it, it, I've gone back to, and I, 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 I'm trying but those pieces that I could play all the way through, I can't play anymore. Because when I make a mistake, I just take off playing whatever I want to play. Just up and down the piano. Just forget it. Amen. 
I thought when we left headquarters, I'd take some more music lessons because I'd be under somebody that would make me practice. And I'd sit down to practice, and then I'll play about a page or two of Rachmaninoff's Prelude in C-sharp minor, and then I get in that difficult area, and then I just lose it, and then I just forget it. Amen. Well, if I don't practice, I will lose the chord. Amen. And so Hebrews 5 and 14 says, Those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, the word exercised means practice. Amen. And by reason of use. If I had continued all of these many, many years of Practicing, a concert pianist has to practice eight hours a day, eight hours a day. And, and, and the concert pianist says, if I miss one day, I will know it. If I miss two days, uh, my friends will know it. If I miss three days of not practicing, the whole world will know it. Amen. So it's, it's, it's arduous practice. Now, I've said all of that to say this. We're in a heritage meeting this weekend. And some of you studied many years ago how to enter into the presence of God. Amen. Yeah. And you exercised it. Praise God. I lived in that period of time when the pastor would get up and say, everybody that help us sing, come on to the choir. And the choir filled up because they knew if the power of God was going to move anywhere, it was going to move in the choir. And they only played the four notes back then. They did, that was before evangelistic style piano playing. And, and, and Sister Darter, uh, she played those four notes. And, and, and there wasn't anybody to lead the singing. It, it, uh, Sister Cora Pate, uh, she had a voice to match her size or a size to match her voice, one. And, and she would just throw her head back and start off singing something like, Jesus, hold my hand. And those people didn't care about uh, the, the harmony. They cared about the spirit. Amen. And so when they got to that part in that song where it said something about power. Amen. Jesus, hold my hand. I need thee every hour through this pilgrim land. Protect me by thy power. Off of that platform they'd come. Amen. They'd go running down the aisles. They'd be singing. They'd be shouting. Amen. Praise God. I, you know, I was a young fellow about six years of age sitting on the front seat. And some of those are some of my most precious memories. Now, I wonder what memories we're leaving for this generation or the generation to come. We are just one generation away from heathenism. If we do not observe and exercise and practice, amen, you've you got to practice the presence of God, amen. And that means finding ways to remind ourselves of just who he is. You can't just come with a, a mind filled with all kinds of, 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 of ideas and work and so forth and enter into the presence of God you've got to make yourself you've got to practice the presence of God hallelujah oh you say oh that's put on no somebody said you know if I don't feel like it and I raise my hands to praise the Lord I'm a hypocrite no you're not you're a hypocrite if you don't 
Because you see, what God has done for you is worthy of a raised up hand, whether you feel it or not. Amen. He's done so much for me, I cannot tell it all. He's done so much for me. Oh, yeah, I can raise my hand and praise him without a lot of feeling. And I'm going to practice the presence of God because I want him involved in my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And, you know, you pass it from, from one generation to the other. My folks before me, my wife's folks before her, Amen. They all worshiped. They all loved God. They all just uh, gave in to the Spirit, moved in the Spirit. And I, I know that it's still being done today. But what we observed is small children in them. Mother Baldridge never did finish a testimony. I'm telling you, she'd get, to, uh, get up to testify, and then she'd get to shaking so until she'd fall back in her seat, and she, and she just never finished it. And I watched her through the years. It was that way every service when she'd testify. She'd get to so blessed that she'd shake herself back into her seat. And I'm telling you, she'd just have the whole service on their feet. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so my wife and I, through the years, we, we, we followed uh, along the pattern of, uh, of, of what they did. And, and, and sometimes we dance in the spirit and sometimes we shout and sometimes we worship. And, and, uh, and so it's passed on down to our children. I, I see our children worshiping the Lord. And I'm so glad for that. But I see our grandchildren that are also worshiping the Lord. Amen. One, one, one service night, our daughter Renee got to dancing in the spirit and, and her son, who had uh, just been filled with the Holy Ghost, said, Mother, uh, I want you to teach me how to do that. And she said, Well, son, I can't teach you how to do that. That, that comes over you when the spirit begins. Uh, you just yield to the spirit. And she told us a few weeks later, she said, I wish I'd given him some pointers because he just fell all over the place when he began to decide to, to give in to the Lord. Amen. Praise God. That's grandchildren. Oh, and I want to see the grandchildren pass it on to their children and on and on. Because if we give up this marvelous heritage that belongs to us, praise God. Amen. You know, one, one time in, in a dead service, uh, well, a dead church. Yeah, I won't go into detail. But I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, let me act perfectly ridiculous. And you know what he did? He did. I just, I don't know what all I did. But it broke, it broke, it broke me and it broke somebody else and it broke others. Amen. Praise God. But I see, I, I go from church to church and I see folks that I know have been in Pentecost for many, many years. And I know how they used to worship. And somehow or another, the lost cord has gone out of the window and they no longer are giving themselves to that kind of an, uh, a situation. Amen. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the man that brought his doctor friend to, his, to a Pentecostal service one night. And, and he was so concerned that sister so-and-so would be quiet and that brother so-and-so wouldn't run around the church. And he sat there just tied up in knots right next to his doctor friend. And finally it exploded. The whole church just went wild. And uh, he sat there. And so when he was taking his doctor friend home, he said, Well, well sir, uh, what did you think about the service? He said, I have one question for you. What happened to you? 
Amen. What happened to you? Praise God. <laughs> and you think they come to a staid, cold, formal. I'm not talking about putting on something. But if you will practice the presence of God. Amen. Praise God. Without being asked. Now, we can get you to practice by let's all stand. Let's all sit. Let's all raise our hands. Let's all clap our hands. You, you know, that, 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 that's all right. But it's not like somebody spontaneously, without being asked, that has come to church and in through the prayer room. And when they come into the house of the Lord, amen, they're ready to go from the very start. It doesn't have to be worked up. Amen. It's a chord that you struck many years ago. But have you lost it? You need to find it. Amen. You need to hear it playing again and again and again. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The first international... Tchaikovsky competition back in the year of 1958 in Russia. Van Cliburn, who is, was from Kilgore, Texas, won first place in this Tchaikovsky competition. And of course, we all have heard about Van Cliburn. He lives now in Fort Worth, and he also has a competition every four or five years with musicians from all over the world. And so we, know, we don't know who the second prize winner was because they, they didn't just have a first prize winner. They had a second prize winner. And this second prize was awarded to a 19-year-old young man from China. This was in 1958. He went back to China, and shortly thereafter was the Cultural Revolution. And any Western influence was out. And so all of this young Chinese love for music and the classical music that he played so well, he refused to renounce it. And therefore, he became an enemy and was put in prison. He was beaten mercilessly. The bone in his right arm was cracked. And he was put in a tiny prison cell. No book to read, no paper to write on, and no piano to play. For seven and one half years, he was in prison. Now hear this. Maybe you already have heard it. For seven and one half years, he was in prison. And then China opened up. The cultural revolution was just about over. So they brought him out of the prison, having been there seven and a half years. And they jestingly, smirkingly asked him to play. So he sat down at the piano and he played brilliantly. I'm telling you, to their surprise, it was as if he had never been in prison. And although everything was taken from him, his music, his piano, the prizes that he won in piano competition when he was 16, in prison he was denied all of this, yet an invaluable something was left this young man. Something which in turn produced notes of music and produced a piano keyboard in his lonely cell. 
that the red guards could not take this away from him. For seven and one half years in a tiny prison cell, he practiced his beloved music in his vivid, disciplined imagination on a piano that no one could see. My God. He just, he just brought those notes out and, and he placed his fingers maybe on the, on, on, on the table and, and he kept on and on and for seven and one half years until he played as brilliantly when he came out as when he went in. I'm telling you, whatever trial that you may be going through, listen to me. Amen. You may not have everything that you need. You may not even be allowed to come to church or some sickness may come into your life. Are you going to just stop? Or will you in your vivid imagination practice? Amen. In your disciplined imagination. A, on, on the praise and on the piano that nobody else can see because you love the Lord so much that it doesn't make any difference where you are. Amen. 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 I'm talking about our heritage. I'm talking about the fact that it's sad to see some things happening. Amen. In this dispensation and in this day, that is very, very sad. My wife and I went to a, a wake. Uh, 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 we couldn't go to the funeral service yesterday, so we went to the wake Thursday night of a precious saint of God. A precious saint of God. I'm telling you, she was a saint of God. But all of her family has gone out into the lesser way. And what a sight it was to see as we gathered there in that funeral home and stood by her, her casket to see her children that we had known through the years that uh, they were now, they, 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 they looked so worldly, they looked beyond worldliness. Because, you see, when they go in that direction, they, they go further than the ordinary. And I'm telling you, they, they were there, all of them, just, uh, just, just, oh, in the work of the Lord, praising the Lord, and jangling their earrings, and, uh, and uh, putting on more paint and everything. And, and it, was, it was a sight. But the, the closing moments, the son, who... I've known for years, who is pastoring one of those neo-Pentecostal churches. He, he came up to me as we were leaving, and he said, Brother Becton, and he didn't say it where the others could hear it, but he said, I think Mother would want you to know, and I want you to know, that Mother never compromised. And I thought, well, what are you saying that you have? I didn't say that. But he knew, he knew who we were, he knew where we stood, and he knew that we knew his mother. And he wondered if we would think that she had gone in the direction that they had gone in. I, I'm telling you, that's a pitiful kind of a tale, isn't it? Amen. I, and I, I can't get away from it when he said, Mother would want you to know that she never compromised. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 <laughs> Praise God. Well, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a close here. Uh, uh, Beethoven. I, I, I hope I'm not uh, boring you with some of these musical tidbits. But I'm talking about a chord that, that you, you, can't, you can't really forget if you rehearse it and practice it. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Beethoven, he was a great composer of classical music, and he himself was a great musician, but he became stone deaf in his early days. He couldn't hear anything. All chords, all music was lost to him. And he learned that by clenching a stick between his teeth, he could hold that stick against the sounding board of the piano, and he could hear music. What a sight to watch that superb artist with a stick clenched between his teeth, sticking it against the sounding board of the piano, hearing and composing great music. He could not hear with his natural ear. Hey, folks, I'm determined to hear that chord again. It's not going to be lost even if I have to clench a stick between my teeth and hold it against the sounding board of heaven. Amen, amen. My soul must not dwell in silence. I have heard the unheard. I must hear it again and again and again and again. Amen. Praise God. A good many years ago, I was uh, uh, preaching at the Texas Bible College and and this was a good many years ago. I was sitting on the front seat of the choir as the, uh, as the choir, the college choir, was going to sing. And, and, and they opened their mouth and they began to sing a chorus that is quite familiar to all of us today. But it was the first time that I had ever heard it. And I thought, my God, that's the greatest, that's the greatest chorus I've ever heard. It was into thy chamber, sweet Holy Spirit. Speak to me softly as I close the door. Heavenly lover, let thy spirit hover. Shekinah unending is all I long for. Praise God. Praise God. You see, I have seen the Shekinah glory of God. I stood in that vast tabernacle in Palmyra, Columbia, South America, when 5,000 people had their hands raised in the air, and they were shouting and worshiping and shouting and worshiping. And the missionary came over to me and said, Brother Becton, do you see what I'm seeing? And I looked and I saw the thin wisp of blue smoke as it curled over their heads. It was the Shekinah glory of the Lord. Shekinah unending is all I long for. Praise God. Amen. I preached a couple of nights at the Florida camp this year, and, and uh, a dear friend who uh, I met in an unusual circumstance a good many years ago was there taking care of the sound system and, and uh, taking care of the video monitors and so forth. And, and, and my mind went immediately back to the day I first met him. He was singing with a quartet that had moved to Nashville because that was where it was all happening. His wife and children were uh, great Christians in the church where they lived and went to church and was filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. And so he came to the church and he said, uh, as he met me, he said, I've got to bring my family here and I want them to get established in a church because they won't be satisfied living here if, if they don't have a church. Fortunately, the church at that time owned the house right next door to it that was for rent. We rented it to that family and he went on singing with a quartet and his family never missed a service amen but one Sunday night I was in the midst of a message and in he walked sat down near the back and I thought this can't be this is him 
What in the world? I didn't expect him to ever come. He sat down near the back. And the minute that I made the altar call, he came running to the altar. Amen. And he fell there in the altar. And in just a little bit, as we prayed with him, he prayed through. For you see, he had been a backslider for many, many years. And he told me afterwards, he said, Brother Becton, let me tell you why I got so convicted and needed to come back. And his name is Hal Kennedy. Amen. He, he said, I, I wanted to make a long play record album at that time before CDs and a lot of tapes. They were long play record albums. He said, I wanted to make a long play record album of myself. I helped uh, quartets make, make theirs. I want to make, make one a solo album. And so he asked a famous noted gospel singer to write a song especially for him. He wanted it to be one that had never been sung. And so she wrote it. And she gave it to him, and he said, when I first looked at it, I, I, I didn't think, uh, I, no, I can't sing this. She knew something about the background of his life, and, and she, wrote, she wrote the words to a song that you'll hear him singing, or I heard him sing on that long play record album, I've Been Standing Looking Down a Narrow Road trying to find my way back home. I had wandered so far from God in sin, but that same road will lead me home again. Praise God. Hal Kennedy, pastors in Titusville, Florida. Amen. Because that night, because God got a hold of him and a songwriter wrote a song that he couldn't refuse to record, that same road will lead me back to Jesus no matter how far my feet have trod. Every road sign still points me back to Calvary. It just seems longer because I've been so far from God. Hey, folks, to some of you who are regular customers to a church service, Amen. But you used to do things that you don't do anymore. I mean, in the form of spiritual atmosphere in worship. Amen. And, and, and it's hard to get back into it because, you know, the road seems so far to get back to it. I'm not saying that you're a backslider. I'm just saying that somewhere in a service there ought to be a tremendous move of God that will come over you, that you could raise your hands without being asked. You could clap your hands without being prompted. And sometimes out from your innermost being could come this, Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Hey, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. Amen. I know we're not all emotional. And it doesn't mean that we are emotional if we are worshiping God. But the posture of worship is constant movement. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you've got to be doing something if it's just raising your eyebrow. Put some movement in it. Worship the Lord. Do something. Let go and let God have his way. Because you see, you'll lose it if you don't use it. Woo. Hallelujah. I'm about to have a runaway myself. Amen. 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 I don't want to lose it. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Now, wait a minute. I, I, know, I know, and I, I, I'm, I'm closing. I know that, you, you see, the aging process, my wife has talked about it every day. What's your pain today? She tells me hers, and I tell her mine. Because we wake up with a new pain every morning. Amen. And, 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 and I've, I've developed a little pain in my heel, but I, I have an exercise for it. 
And, and I've started the exercise, and, and already it's, it's, it's doing better. Amen. There's an exercise for every part of the body. And, and, and you, you don't have to do aerobics. Amen. You just have to worship God like they did in olden days, like our heritage people did. Amen. And when you do, you'll, you'll have enough exercise. This is an exercise-dominated world today. Everybody's walking. A lot of folks are jogging. Amen. Bicycle riding. I have a stationary bike. The doctor asks me every time I go in, are you exercising? Are you exercising? I would to God that, that I could stand at the door of a church and ask everybody that comes in, are you exercising? Are you exercising? Are you exercising? Are you exercising? What do you mean, Brother Beckton? I'm talking about because by reason of you, the more you use it the more you will use it and the more you will be less intimidated by some peer that will think you're crazy amen I'm talking about it's time to worship the Lord hallelujah Woo. glory 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 amen hallelujah and then I was preaching out in uh, in uh, Dover, Delaware, and, 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 and the choir there began to sing a chorus that I had never heard before, and, 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 and it, it stuck with me just like this other one. Lord, I lift my spirit to your spirit in holy, sweet communion. I feel your nearness or presence as I draw near. Amen. Lord, I lift my spirit to you. You have to do something. Oh, I know it's not by works, but you've got to do something. Amen. In the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, is this a heritage meeting or is it a heritage meeting? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. When I started out in the ministry back many years ago, I was 17 years of age. When I started and I played the accordion and the young man that I traveled in the evangelistic work with, uh, uh, it was right after the World War II and there were no automobiles and we either rode the train or the bus to get to somewhere from the Bible school that we was attending. And, 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 and he put me through it. He would be the first one on the bus if he had to stand there at the, at the, where the bus came in for an hour because he wanted me to take out that accordion and play the whole trip. Yeah, I did. I'm not going to tell you the rest of the story. Amen. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 I love the Lord. I love his presence. Amen. In his presence is the fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Praise God. Let your hands together with me. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. In the name of the Lord. 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 Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.